Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Okay, so tonight I'm going to, my message title tonight is Faith Prevails. Everybody say, Faith Prevails. And I want to tell you, His power is greater than any circumstance. His power. And we know where the power is. The power is on the inside of you because greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. Isn't that right? And so he in you is greater than the circumstances that are around you or trying to come against you. And so if you will just see yourself that way, instead of seeing yourself the weak one, the underling, the one that never has any breaks, but no, you see yourself as God putting you over. You see yourself as the great one lives on the inside of you and he helps you to overcome every bit of that. How long does it take? I don't know. Just hold on. Having done all to uh, stand, stand therefore. Well, how long do I have to keep standing? Well, I'm going to tell you, you're getting ready to faint when you start talking all that. So, you know, just keep on and get somebody to get in there with you and take hold with you in prayer. And don't get weak. You know, the Bible talks about getting weary in well-doing. And that means you're doing the right things. You're doing what you know to do. You're doing what you see from the Scripture. But you begin to get weak and you begin to get weary and worn out in well-doing. I tell you, you got to undergird yourself. you got to get in the Word of God. you got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Edify yourself. When you pray in tongues, it edifies you. It builds you up like a battery, if you will. So if you don't pray in the Spirit, you're battery is not getting charged. Well, I did that once. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, the wonderful thing is that you get to pray in tongues every single day as much as you want, and we should be doing that more and more to keep charged because there's so much in the world to drain us, to pull away from it. I mean, all you have to do is cut the TV on, go out, you know, get, get in the workplace, do the things that we all have to do, and what happens? There's a drain. So we get back in that prayer closet. And begin to charge yourself up. You know what? We need to get in prayer meetings where we pray in the Holy Ghost. Because there's something that happens when you get in that setting. And then, you know, what I've noticed is that's when everybody plays hooky and they don't want to come to church. And you're missing it. You need to, when we say prayer meeting, you need to get in God's house. And you need to be a part of that because it rubs off on you. And I tell you what, somebody just begins to prophesy, and what happens? Well, you just want to prophesy too. Isn't that what happened in the Old Testament? You know, one would prophesy, and that Spirit of God would get on people, and, and, and they begin to prophesy, and they weren't even people who prophesy. Gifts of the Spirit come forth. You know, all of that. But if you don't put yourself in a setting like that, it's not going to happen. 
I know what it's like, you know, to be busy and doing all kinds of things and maybe let my prayer life wane. I can't tell you that I do everything perfectly and I spend, you know, six hours a day in prayer because I don't and I don't want you to think that. But I'm going to tell you, you got to stay full of the Spirit and you got to charge your spirit. Now, I don't know why I'm saying that. That sounds like Pester King. That's what he says. I don't know why I'm saying that. Okay, get your Bibles. And we're, again, we're talking about faith prevails. Turn to 1 John chapter number 5. And I'm going to read from verse number 1 because I think it really ties in to verse number 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. What's he saying? Uh, the message uh, Bible uh, talks about loving God includes loving people. And so we talk about how we love God, but we don't care much for people. And God said, you know, that, that's not getting it. That's not cutting it. That's not making the mark. We got, if we love God, then we will love. Well, I'm called into the ministry. I love God with all my heart, but I just can't stand people. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You're not called into the ministry until you get some things straight. And you love people when they're unlovely because Christ Jesus did that when he went to the cross and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And so we have to take that on. Is that easy? To, or, no, it isn't easy. And we have to deal with all kinds of emotions. But if you're going to be a person that prevails, you've got to be a lover of God and a lover of his people. Amen. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Well, I love God with all of my heart. Well, what are you doing with your life? Are you obeying the word of God? If you don't obey the word of God, you can say, I love God, I love God, I love God. But it's being, uh, it's being canceled out when we don't do anything he said. See, that's a problem with our world today. And if we say anything about the word of God, the Ten Commandments, or obeying obedience and repenting of, oh my gosh, you think we said a curse word. But it needs to be said. We need to obey the commandments of God. We need to live our life according to the blueprint that he has laid out for our life, for each one of us. Amen? Um, for his commandments are not grievous, grievous or burdensome. He doesn't put his word and his commandments out there and then, man, this is just so hard to deal with. No, his burden is easy and light. Now, if you want to be loaded down, you just continue to live like the world lives and the devil will pile it on your back and you will be a burden bearer. That's for sure. But I don't want to live like that. Do you? No. And then, okay, so it talks about love. It talks about how that we are to love God and obey his word and love the brethren. Okay, but then listen to what it says. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, what I want you to see here is how that love for God 
and obedience to his word and loving the brethren is connected to you overcoming or prevailing in your life in situations that come against you. They're tied together. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but I think that we as God's people... We have to, you know, uh, so to speak, take the thermometer and take our temperature as it relates to how we are connected to other people, how we treat other people, and how we uh, extend the love of God or we don't extend the love of God to other people. We have to do that if we're going to overcome and we're going to prevail because he said, let's read it again, for whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. What is the world? The world system, the world's way of doing things. See, if you as a Christian try to overcome using the world's way of thinking and doing things, you are not going to overcome. But if you want to overcome, then you have to do it God's way. This is the victory that overcomes the world system and what the world tries to put on you, even our faith. Faith is the way. Now, the Bible says faith works by Faith works by love. Do you know what you could say? Faith is powered by love. Faith is powered by love. You got the faith that God gives you. You know, you can be small like a grain of mustard seed. It's dropped down into your heart and it's there, but you receive the power to walk in the faith through love. Faith is powered or energized or given life through love. Amen. Wow. And we all have to judge ourselves in that way, whether we're walking in the love of God or not. It's, it's not always easy. And we can walk out of love in our home, in our family, on the job, in our church, just anywhere, anywhere that you relate to people. But I tell you what, one thing that I have learned when I get out of love, not walking the love walk, I get back into it real quick because I know what can happen. You open yourself to things. You open yourself to attacks, you know, and Lord knows we don't need any help in that area, do we? The devil's at work, you know, that's for sure. But we give him more freedom and liberty to come in when we don't love. So we need to understand that and we need to know that we overcome the world through faith and that faith and love are tied together to work for us and help us and benefit us. Amen? Now take your Bibles and turn uh, to 1 Samuel. And we're going to look. You Remember I'm talking about faith prevails tonight. Your faith will overcome or prevail over trials, attacks, poverty, lack, sickness, disease, eternal death, you name it, we can see that faith will cause you to prevail over all those things. Now, 
We can read the story and we're going to look here at some, but David prevailed over Goliath. I love that story. I've read it. I could not tell you how many times, and probably many of you, maybe not everyone, because maybe some people have not read the Bible that much, but some of you, you're like me. You've read the story of David and Goliath. When I was a, a child, you know, I heard that Bible story many times. I preached it many times myself. I've heard it preached many times. I've read the scripture over and over in, in how that David overcome a giant. Now, I want to tell you, you've got giants in your life. You've got giant problems. You've got giant things that the enemy wants to raise up in your life, and you can prevail over the giants. You can prevail over the giants, not someone else. See, don't always see and it's someone else's, you know, Mr. Super Saint, Miss Super Saint. You know, they're the ones that overcome. They're the ones that prevail. No, see yourself. See yourself as a person full of God's Word and full of His Spirit and overcoming in every situation. I, I think what I love about the story of David is he was such, a, he was just a young fella and he had older brothers, you know, and those older brothers kind of looked down on him. Well, you little squirt, what do you think you can do? You think you can take the giant's head off? We've been here. We've been standing in the gap, so to speak. We're the ones that have been listening to Goliath and all the Philistines breathe out their threatenings. I defy the armies of the living God. Do you know that's what the enemy is saying to the church today? I defy you, church. I defy you. Where are the Davids of our day? Let them rise. Let them rise up. But you know, David, one day, he had been listening to Goliath. And the Bible calls Goliath the Philistine's champion. They had sent out the champion, and they were so assured that there was no way that God's people, the Israelites, there was no way that they were going to have victory in this, and they would threaten. And the Bible says for 40 days, Goliath and that army of the Philistines threatened Israel. And, and what did Israel do? Well, that, they were shaking in their boots, and that is for sure. They were afraid. They didn't know what they were going to do. They had no battle plan. But here comes this little boy, this young, very young boy, that if everybody looked at him, wow, what can he do? You see this big giant. What can that young fella do? He, do, he doesn't really have much going for him. What is he going to do? But I tell you what, he said, you defy the armies of the living God. I come against you in the name. I come against you in his name, not my own name, not my own ability. See, and that's what we have to do. We don't come against the enemy, the giants in our life. We don't come in our own authority. We don't come in our own ability. We come in his name, Jehovah. We come in his name and then we can defeat our giants. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
I want to tell you something. When I read this story, and this is, it's not new with me. It's something that I saw many years ago, but I saw that there was something about the youthfulness and the enthusiasm that David had. And see, the church needs the youth needs the young people to rise up in this last day. Now, see, does that mean that youthful enthusiasm and exuberance and freshness and all of that, does that mean that that's all we need? No, because the body of Christ and those of us that have been walking with the Lord, we have wisdom. And you bring those two things together, you got wisdom and understanding, and we can help those young ones. But you know, it's when the young ones think that we don't need the old ones, and the old ones think we don't need the young ones. Yes, we do. We need each other. We need the body of Christ. But David was that youthful enthusiasm. And see, sometimes when we walked with the Lord a long time, we feel threatened because somebody with enthusiasm and excitement and, you know, they're ready to do something for God. Well, you little whippersnapper. Well, that's no different than Eliab. And, and his other brothers got mad at him. David, what David did, he started saying, what is going to happen for the one who takes that giant down? What's going to happen? And Eliab said, just get out of here. Go take care of those few sheep you got. I want to tell you something. You may have people looking at you and, and they may say, what are, you, what are you asking about that for? What do you think you're going to get something? You think you're going to be a... Well, you know what? We need to do what David did. What did David do? Here's his brother and he's looking at his brother. His brother's talking. He didn't say, he didn't get into an argument and a battle of words with him. The Bible says he turned and that's what we need to do. We need to turn. We need to turn away from that, not get caught up in that. That's a trap. And we need to turn. And he started talking to somebody else and started asking them, and he got the information that he needed. Amen? Amen. And so he was able to come against Goliath. I, I really like this. If you, you look uh, the this scripture up in 1 Samuel 17, and you'll begin to see uh, that Goliath was their champion. That's the word that they use, champion. And I, I look that up, and champion means blue ribbon winner. In other words, at the fair, they get the blue ribbon. This is, this is the one. And, and the Philistines were saying, this is our guy. Look at him. Look at him. Was no match for God. No match for God's people. No match for this man of faith, David. That's right. And the Bible says that David told the king, he said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to face the giant. And uh, the king Saul said, oh no, you can't do that. You're not able to stand against him. And he said, I can do it. He said, I killed the bear and I killed the lion. See, I'm going to tell you, you better rehearse your victories. You better think about what God has brought you through. You better think about what God has done for you. Think about it. And see, he said, no, you don't know my God. He killed, he helped me to kill the bear, the lion, get the sheep back, protect the sheep. And he'll help me with this. He'll help me with this one. And so Saul says, okay, if you're going to go out there, 
then here's my armor. Put on my armor and you can wear it. Well, it didn't fit David. And see, when you go into battle, and when you go to do something for God, you don't need to put on someone else's armor. You don't need to act like you're someone else. You need to act like the person that God called you to be. See, even ministers, you know, we can act like uh, and, and imitate someone else. Well, I understand that maybe in the beginning days that you act out and you listen to someone teach, so maybe you get those mannerisms. But I'm going to tell you, sometime you better settle down and you better be who God called you to be. You can't be this great one and that great one. You know, if I never do anything besides what I do now, that is good enough because that's what God wants. Now, if it goes beyond that, then praise God. But if it doesn't, praise God. Be who you are. Be the person that you are. You, let God use your personality. Does that mean that you don't need to improve? All of us need to improve. And our spouses say a big amen. <laughs> we all need to improve. But you know, God didn't call me to be someone else. He doesn't call you to be someone else. He calls you to be who you are. Can you receive from people? with different anointings. Of course you can. And there are deposits and there's an anointing that comes to equip you and to help you. But that's not you choosing it. That's God choosing it. And he gives to you what he desires. Amen? Okay. So what did David do? He got, look at my slingshot. <laughs> so he said, no, I'm not putting on your armor. I'm going to get out the slingshot. This is what I use. I, this is what I drive the enemy away with. I'm going to tell you, faith is your slingshot. But there's Goliath, their blue ribbon winner. And he's looking at that little scrawny kid, David, making fun of him, laughing at him, laughing at God's people. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, he's got all of his armor on and he had his helmet on. And they say that helmet came down and, you know, on his forehead and he leans his head back. He is having a big laugh at God and God's people. And David just took that stone and released it. And it, while he had his head back, it came right and hit him in the forehead and knocked that giant, their blue ribbon winner, whiz-bang winner. They knocked him down. David ran over. He got the sword and cut his head off. See, David prevailed against that giant, and he used a sling and a stone. And I am comparing the sling. This is the faith that carries God's Word forth. The stone is the Word of God. It carries it forth, and it takes down the giants. It takes down the enemies that come against your life. How is it going to happen? It is supernatural, but you just let God watch over His Word to perform it. That's what He told Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was old. Sarah was old. They couldn't have children. And he said, you were able to do and to perform what you said. We will have a son. And did they? Yes, they did. He took the Word of God and began to talk about it, began to speak it, and God did what he said. 
Their bodies were not able to have children, but God had a different plan. He can, he can go around the natural way of doing things. He can do that. But David took that giant down with a sling and a stone. When everybody was laughing at him, when everybody was making fun, and it's like, you know, even, even uh, Saul and, and his brothers and everybody else say, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. That's what people say when we believe the Word of God, that when we believe that we can overcome this world and the system of this world through faith. Yeah, they don't think we can do that. But you know what? We just demonstrate we just obey, do what God told us to do, and demonstrate and get the victory and prevail. You know, the Bible says so mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. And see, that's what happens on the inside of us. God's Word grows on the inside of us, and it gets big, and it prevails over our circumstances. It overcomes, it conquers circumstances. It seizes situations for us and causes us to overcome. Can you say amen? amen? Now, I think that's a good story, don't you? I love that story about David. So you can read more about that, but I kind of went through it kind of quickly to, um, so we didn't have to read it. But Hebrews 11, 5 it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you have to have faith. Remember, we're exploring faith and talking about faith that prevails. And if you're going to please God, you have to have faith in your heart and in your life. You have to, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just are those that belong to the Lord that have been washed in the blood of Jesus. And we overcome by faith. Amen. The just shall live by their faith. You live, you move, you have your being in Him, don't you? I just recently, I refreshed myself on a story that I'd read before, but it was about Smith Wigglesworth. And this was a great man of faith, wasn't he? You, if you've read about Smith Wigglesworth, you know that that's true. But... He was going to pray for people that needed healing in a service. And there were, were two ladies who had brought another woman into the service, and they were having to hold her up because she was so weak. And she had this huge tumor uh, in her middle section, and she looked like she was nine months pregnant is what the story said. She, she had a very large tumor, and it was killing her. She couldn't, she didn't, it was sapping her strength and her health. And so those women brought her up there, and Smith Wigglesworth, being the man of faith that he was, and he, he was pretty rough, you know, if you read about him. And he said, let her go. And they said, sir, if we let her go, she's going to fall to the ground. I said, let her go. I'm just making up how he sounded, but I just imagine that. Because he, he was kind of rough, you know? So they let her go. Over on her face, she fell. 
right on that tumor. Okay, he said, get her up. <laughs> now, I wouldn't do this if I were you. <laughs> I wouldn't. Okay, unless God said it, and God said it to him, and we know that he did because of what happened. But, okay, so they got her back up, and they were holding her. He said, okay, let her go. And they, But if we do, she's going to fall back down again. I said... Let her go. They let her go. Boom. Hit the ground again, right on that tumor. Okay? Uh, you know, you can imagine how big it would be. And Okay? Though he said, get her up. Well, they got her up. And then they, he said, okay, now let her go. And he, they let her go. And back down she went again. And... This next time when she got back up, he commanded that tumor to be gone and the thing fell off her body right there on the stage in front of everybody. It just fell off. It's like, wow. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, he was a man of faith. Now, I also believe that that was a gift of faith in operation too. It was his faith, but then it was a gift of faith that took place there. And this woman received a, a miracle. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. I mean, the place would go wild. Can't you imagine? It's like, wow, this is our God. This is the one that causes us to prevail. Amen? Now, Mark 10, 27, it says, And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And so you can see faith is important to God. And Jesus talked about that. And so it's important what we believe and what we trust God for. And not, not just empty words, but from our heart and then in our mouth. Amen. Praise God. Um, now, I'm going to I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go down this road. I'll finish this. But I, I just want to leave this thought with you tonight. In Mark 6, let's just turn over there. Mark 6. Um, and we're going to start reading with verse number 2 through 6. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought in his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? Now, isn't it interesting? You know, a lot of people will look at the people that God sends to minister to them or to minister to the body of Christ. And they, well, aren't they just this and aren't they just that? You know, you got to value the people that God sends to you. We need to receive who God sends to us. Well, they're just this and they're, well, no. They're God's people sent by God and we need to be open and receptive and not minimize and not cut off the flow of what God wants to get through it. And see, that's what they were doing to Jesus. Jesus was doing miracles. He was doing things everywhere. But all they could, well, who does he think he is? 
He's the son of a carpenter. You know, who is he to do these things? But now listen to this. Verse number four. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he, he could there, everybody say he could there, he could there. Do, no mighty work. do no mighty work. Now, who are we talking about? Okay, Jesus could not do what he was capable and able to do there. He could do no mighty work, save he laid, a hands, laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. Okay, so we can see here that Jesus... Uh, was a miracle-working God. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He delivered people from all kinds of situations. But here, he goes into the middle of people that would not receive him or accept it. And what I want to say to you tonight, we can find ourselves in a situation where we're like Jesus and you cannot do the things that you know that to minister to people, to get it out to people. That's why it's so important to create an atmosphere of faith and belief and allowing God to do what He wants to do and not restricting and cutting off and trying to reason away what God wants to do. That is so very, very important. Now, I read about Jairus' daughter and how that he came to Jesus for Jesus to heal his daughter. And, you know, the daughter ended up dying, and they, he, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. We'll go and we'll minister. And so we went there, and when he got there, you know, everybody, the wailing and the crying and, you know, was going on, and, and Jesus said, uh, uh, to him. She's just asleep. And of course, they mocked him and laughed at him. And so he had to put them all out. He had to put them all out. And he went in. He took the mother and the father uh, of, of uh, this little girl, and he prayed. And the little girl was raised from the dead. What am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes people can hinder your faith if God sends you to minister and do things. Um, so you have to maybe put aside unbelief. You have to put it aside. Amen? When Elijah, Elisha, and Peter raised others from the dead, they also sought seclusion to get people out of the way so that they could minister and get the unbelief out of the atmosphere and have faith to minister. Amen? You remember the story uh, in Bethsaida? Jesus had to lead a blind man out of the town. You remember that? He had to lead him out of the town so that he could minister to him. And, and two times he had to pray for him. You don't see that. I, I don't read that anywhere else where two times Jesus had to pray. He had to get the town out of that man, if you know what I'm saying. And he took him out and he prayed for him once. And, 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 you know, the man, he began to receive his sight, but it was not clear. And so Jesus prayed for him again. So I'm, I, what I want to tell you is your faith will cause you to prevail and overcome. And you can find yourself in situations, especially of ministry, where unbelief 
can stop. If it can stop Jesus, it can stop us. And so sometimes we have to create an atmosphere. That's what's so wonderful about a church like ours. We can come in and, and we all want the same things. We all want God to move. We all want the stirring and moving of the Holy Spirit. We all want the rich Word of God. We all want the revelation knowledge of God to flow. And, and we don't have an atmosphere of unbelief, and so things can happen. But you can find yourself in a situation. See, I wouldn't go to a church. Now, I'm speaking to you. You're here, so. But I'm just telling you, uh, you don't go to another church. You go here. You understand? So, but I wouldn't go to a church where people do not believe the Bible and believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we're going to prevail and overcome, it's going to take faith Amen. moving in our lives and then in the church setting, moving and stirring together as we seek God here. Amen. What I want to leave you with tonight, you may have giant problems in your life. And you know, life can just get complicated. Life can get so difficult. But you know, the Bible says that there is nothing too difficult for God. And that giant problem that's looming before you, if you will allow faith as the sling to take the Word of God, rear that thing back and let it go. Put your faith and the Word of God to work on those problems that you face. Do you need a breakthrough in your finances? Put the Word of God in your faith at work to receive that. I say that area because, it, it, you know, especially the day that we live in, there's so many financial difficulties and, and, you know, families are struggling and that kind of thing. But I want to tell you, God will do for you. So be it according to your faith. Do you believe that He will do that for you? You have to believe. And then you have to receive. And then it'll cause you to prevail. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.